0: You're listening to the Skift podcast. Today, we feature a special roundtable discussion on the news that India has, or will soon replace China as the world's most populous nation. Skift founder and CEO, Rafat Ali, sits with Varsha Arora, a senior analyst for SCIFT research, and Pidan Bhutia, SCIFT's Asia editor, to talk about the many implications of India's population growth on inbound and outbound travel, how destinations have and will shift to accommodate Indian tourists and what motivates the Indian traveler, including shopping, dining, and Bollywood hits. For more like this and the latest news in travel, visit skift.com. Enjoy the conversation. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Skift Podcast. I am Rafat Ali, the CEO and founder of Skift. We are going to discuss a very interesting topic that we've been um, highlighting recently And a seminal moment that's happening in in the world demographic uh, switch if you will where india will cross china's population sometime is estimated in april this year and uh, having been a student of of uh, of the world if you will my first surprise when i uh, saw that uh, stat was that this was many years in the future and the reality uh, if you look back at um, the population prognostications, was this was supposed to be much further uh, ahead? But China's population growth has um, fell off a cliff, and so this uh, this the switch hap- got pulled much earlier. So this is happening in twenty twenty three. It's a great media moment. We at Skift uh, just presented our megatrends in January and. Uh, we, uh, Seth Borco, who's our senior research analyst, put together a bunch of slides, and he and I talked about it at our Megatrends event in New York City. We're gonna link to that video, it's a short 20-minute video, um, with the slides in this description for, for this podcast. And that basically teased wh- why this is a seminal moment in terms of the demographic switch, and what is the long-term potential of um, Indian outbound traveler uh going all around the world and uh, it's important because also in terms of timing the chinese outbound traveler china as a force has been a giant force in the world of travel and tourism for the last um 10 15 20 years and that growth has happened the whole industry had become dependent on the uh, the short haul and the long haul chinese travelers and um obviously that got shut off with COVID everything you know, which is, it was shut for the last three years, and now the spigot is just opening up as China has suddenly made a switch from zero COVID to we don't care, do whatever you wanna do type um, pivot that they've done. So, um, and and remains to be seen what the habits of the Chinese outbound travelers, have they changed or not changed? If we look at um, evidence from other countries post COVID, the reality is a lot of the habits are the same, even if, um, even if they have happened. So anyway, we'll focus on India. I have two great guests uh, They happen to be um, my colleagues at Skift, Varsha Arora, who's the senior research analyst um, based out of Mumbai, and Pidan Putia, who is uh, our Asia editor based out of Chandigarh. And so uh, they both um, cover different aspects of the travel industry and also have very deep knowledge about the Indian tourism sector, both inbound as well as outbound. So. Um, so let me s- start with uh, with this varsha with you. Um, uh, obviously, the headline is that India uh, will will um, out- outpace China in terms of population, but the reality on GDP is still pretty stark today. So, so give a sense of what it is, and then uh, what gives you hope that that gap um, uh, shortens. Okay
1: so let's start with some numbers as you rightly said the gdp of china is currently 5x of india the spending power of an average chinese is 5x of an of a, uh, an average indian so that's a point to start with now the point is we've been talking about how the population growth actually fueled um, outbound tourism in china right so there was there was a reason to it it's not only population, it's not only the numbers which are good enough. So what happened in China and can the same be repeated in India is how we should frame this conversation. So uh, the major reason it happened, the outbound tourism got fueled is, one is demographic dividend. So, I'm not gonna press on it a lot because we've already discussed it in our mega trends def- uh, uh, presentation. Um, so that was one major reason. Being working age population was higher in proportion in China and that basically gave an impetus to the economic growth, the the discretionary spends increased and hence Mm -hmm. uh, the numbers and the outbound expenditure increased. And along with that, in Asia, tourism was becoming a fad back then chinese population was becoming obsessed with spending on luxury group, uh, goods and traveling international right. the internet penetration was increasing so there were a lot of factors along with the population increase which led to that outbound tourism growth now the question is can that be repeated for india so if we look at the slides of the megatrends population uh, megatrends presentation mm-hmm. yes it seems yes we can but when we delve deeper let's divided into two. Uh, one is the factors which are favorable for India. And the second part is the challenges which India needs to uh, you know, address to get that out- outbound tourism. So the factors which work in favor of India, one is obviously the demographic uh, dividend. I mean, this is the window, like the opportunities right now for India, because the window opened back in 20- to 2005, and it's open till 2050, so the next three decades Belong to India mm-hmm. as it seems, right? Uh, so theoretically, it is a golden period. Second favorable factor is the language. So, India has much stronger English skills and has a much larger base of population which speaks English, which automatically makes it global. Now, the third point is how has COVID helped India, right? Uh, so, right. Uh, recovery in India was better than China. Uh, seat capacity at present. Has already uh, like is eleven point nine percent over twenty nineteen levels. And this, you mean the airline, online,
0: the airline seat capacity?
1: Yes, airline, airline seat capacity. While China is still struggling to get onto the twenty nineteen levels, right? VC uh, investments in the in three years of COVID period were four X, while in China it was around one point nine X. So a big gap there as well. So these were the factors which actually worked for India but now when we get into what we need to work on what india needs to work on is the socio economic part of it we are way 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 behind china so just as an example i mean the skilled labor for right. that matter which is very important right we are talking about demographic dividend we are talking about the numbers which are going to go into the workforce but we don't work, we don't have jobs for them
0: right and we, that, that creates Possible income that then they will spend in in travel.
1: Exactly, exactly. So we need those jobs for them to earn money and spend on travel.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's it's all connected back to economy and the socio economic factors. So if you compare India and China, the skilled force in India is just three percent, while China is at twenty five percent currently.
0: Right. So that's
1: again a huge gap, right? Um, let's talk about literacy rate. India is at sixty percent. China is at 95%. Right. Let's talk about internet penetration, which is very important in today's era because COVID just revamped the entire industry, made it digitized. Um, We're talking about 70% for China, while India is sitting back at 40% of internet penetration today. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yes, these are general stats these need not apply to the target population for the outbound expenditure. Right. Outbound the people who, are, who
0: have disposable income, relatively rich, yes. have have a desire to be global.
1: Yes, but but we do, like a lot of people have talk, uh, talked about the mass tourism bit. So when we talk mass tourism, we need to address these basic issues. And also when we talk about H&Is, which was a point made in the megatrends as well, uh, we said that there is, a slice of the indian um, indian people who spend who have crazy spending power but if we compare the ultra wealthy like the ultra hnis the numbers right. china is sitting at 70 000 people while india is at seven thousand people so again there is a big gap so i mean the the entire idea is that there is a there is a lot to be done so just being at the right window of opportunity of demographic uh, dividend does not help india we need to have policies we need to have jobs we need to have the basic things solved for us to reach uh, that level of that level you of... know discretionary spend that chinese do right and let's let's there's just last last one point here if we talk about tourism let's talk about basic infra uh, with respect to air connectivity for that matter right so I mean, India lacks an intercontinental airline uh, right. with jet going down, Air India solving its issues with merging with other airlines. So there's a lot of uh, stuff going on in the airline industry, but we, the, the bigger issue to solve is that we do not have an intercontinental airline. So, I mean- Which is the
0: whole point Air India now as a private company will become that, um, under tata will become that but that's a multi multi multi-year journey
1: exactly i mean right now we're talking about four airlines coming together air india air india uh, express vistara and uh air asia so four airlines coming together is actually a decade-long journey for them to set so right so that's a big task in itself but the point is that at present all the international flights from india are actually routed via dubai uh via the Middle East, right. we do not have direct connectivity as yet. Um, the seats which are scheduled from China uh, to and from China, the international seat capacity is actually 2.5x of India. So I mean, that's again yeah. like an, a big infrastructural change that we need to address to actually make the most of these uh you know the the mega trend, of demographic, the mega trend of
0: demographic changes in it okay so this is very very sobering and very helpful and obviously clearly points to the long term challenges as well as you know potential hopefully as india as a as economic power internally um and 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 social and economic changes that happen peden obviously you cover um asia which is a a, a huge purview for you to cover for skift uh you wrote this mega trend um uh for us as part of the 2023 megatons package on what happened to india's domestic tourism market which is um which is a very which is a fascinating change that has happened so talk about what that change was and then we're gonna we're, we're gonna dig a little deeper into it
2: great um i guess uh rafa uh, india's domestic tourism has of course uh you know there are challenges in outbound travel but domestic tourism has really come up and domestic tourism is fueling the growth for like uh, last year taj hotels uh, reported the best quarter ever in the history of taj yeah. and that was uh, thanks to domestic tourism and if we talk about domestic tourism you know if you will see that we are increasingly moving from the larger cities which we call here tier 1 cities like delhi bombay uh, calcutta and moving towards more towards tier two and tier three cities, which are the smaller cities, which is where the traveling population is coming from. So if you look at, uh, you know, if you look at seasoned markets like Thailand and Dubai, you will see that Thailand and Dubai, they are doing a lot of these road shows and tourism trade shows in these smaller cities because they do understand that they need to tap these markets now. Uh-huh. I recently covered uh, an airline that's coming up called Fly 91. Now this airline is being helmed by uh, the guy who was, uh, you know, helming Kingfisher at one point in time, Kingfisher Airlines, Vijay Mallya's. Right. So this airline is not, it's you know, it's not going to be based in a Delhi, Bombay, or Calcutta or Hyderabad or Bangalore. It's going to be based in Goa so that was a very interesting angle because when i when i spoke to manoj manoj chako is the guy and i asked him you know why goa because he also talked about the potential of the smaller cities of india and he they've talked about the fact that demand for travel is coming from these smaller cities uh-huh. uh, in make my trips latest earnings as well they've talked about tapping the tier 2 and the tier 3 cities You'll see that OYO is also doing the same. Thomas right. Cook OYO's is doing whole,
0: the same. OYO's whole business is built on obviously smaller Correct. cities, right?
2: Correct. So you'll see that you know every Indian company is now. I guess we can say that the Delhi, Bombay markets are saturated, and even the government is now. You know there there are about sixty airports in India, which is under the Uran scheme. Uran is the regional connectivity scheme that the government has launched, right? And There are more airports coming up in India, so they are also trying to connect, you know. So what I, uh, you know, earlier when I was talking to tourism boards, they used to tell me that, you know, we see that the traffic is coming from Delhi, but that is because these people are flying from the smaller cities to Delhi or Bombay, which has the biggest international airport, and then flying out from there. So there is, uh, I would like to be hopeful about the fact that there is great demand coming in. And of course, if there is if there are facilities for international connectivity in these areas as well, then we will see a huge surge in international travel as well. And right now, there is plenty of room for growth because only about 7% of India's population, which is about uh, around 95 million, less than 10 million people own a passport. And this is according to the data from the Ministry of External Affairs. Wow. So okay. with with less than 10 percent of the Indian population owning a passport, you know, and now, you know, the government is trying to, uh, you know, bring in more people and they've started something called the Passport Seva Kendras. So and on an average earlier, it took about 21 days to get a passport. This was around 2015
0: come to your house i remember when i was a kid growing up police used to come to your house to do checks and yes and yes you yes. pay them money and just now it, you, know. you get
2: a passport within two days and the police verification happens within a week so within okay. a week you get your passport is ready so the government is also trying to encourage people uh, to, uh, you know, travel, perhaps because that's how, because that's what they're doing by opening these passport seva kendra's and uh, you know, like fastening the whole process of passport issuance.
0: Right. Pidan, I want to just take a little bit more into the domestic tourism part, which is one of the slides that Seth showed. Um, at the megatrends, but also he's been talking about it for a few years, which is when the GDP crosses a certain point in a population, uh, people's aspiration of experiences becomes a real thing, meaning they want to travel. In India, and we're, for now, let's just talk about domestic, and then we'll talk about uh, um, international out, outbound. Um, did you know What are the factors that are affecting now people uh, being educated that, not going to your grandmother's place is an option. Like remember when we uh, were kids growing up in India, the for us holidays was going to grandmother and or grand, you know, on the parent side or the father's side or, or the mother's side. That was holidays. That was travel. You know, industry calls it VFR. Obviously, you know, there's no money leaking into the larger economy. Um, has that changed?
2: Um, yes, that has changed because if you see now, Rafat, after every uh during every holiday so uh i think it's today from today that's the 19th of january indigo is adding 16 more flights for, starting from today till 26 january and this is because of the twenty-sixth january uh you know travel surge they're republic adding
0: day 16 in India, more flights.
2: Right. yeah yeah the republic day so every time there is something like this There is a huge surge in demand and we, you know, there are these viral uh, photographs of, you know, these huge queues uh, starting from a place in Himachal Pradesh called Parvano, uh, you know, reaching up to Shimla, which is a popular uh, tourist destination. Of course, there is, uh, if you see the pictures of, there is this new, uh, uh, you know, there's this new construction called the Uttar Tunnel which now connects uh, Lahol and Spiti in Himachal Pradesh. So that's an easy connect. Earlier, the you know you had to go a, a long way off. And it was about, I, I don't clearly remember, I think it was about a 10 or a 12 hour drive. But now it's a two and a half hour drive. So there have been traffic jams at these places. So people, yes, of course, people want to travel and, uh, you know, millennials and Gen Z, they want to travel more with friends. Earlier it was about travel with the family. So when we traveled, we traveled as a family and then of course went to a relative's place and it was about staying at a relative's place. So, you know, whenever we wanted to go for a holiday, our parents would always look for a destination where we had some relative because that was easier, right? right? I mean, like just staying at a relative's place. But now that's increasingly changing, people want to experience hotels, you know, if you see the number of hotels coming up, if you see how brands like Accor and Marriott are investing in India, because they realize the demand, they they know that there is great potential in the India market, and they realize that Indians are going more for experiential journeys oh. rather than just, you know, and it's sometimes it's just about going and staying at a hotel.
0: Right, very interesting. Um, Varsha, from from your perspective, uh what are the positive signs on the domestic front? Uh, obviously infrastructure as 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 Peden mentioned, these airports coming coming up and airports becoming a lot better all across well airports in the first place coming up. And so uh, from your perspective, uh, you know what what are you seeing on the domestic front and what are you seeing changing in the d- domestic front, particularly during COVID?
1: Okay, so to start with the policy part of it. I think Peter didn't already mention about the Odan scheme. Right. So, from from the air, airline perspective, that's where the airlines are actually investing because uh, the government is giving huge incentives on airport fee, landing charges, parking charges, et cetera. So, that's one. Uh, I mean, strong point here because it's it's not only the airlines aiming for the domestic tourists; it's also the government who's working in favor of them. So, right, right. that's one. That's one point. Uh other than that, I think social media influence over the last two, three pandemic years has grown manifold. i mean hmm. uh, I mean here in India now a five year old kid also knows what is instagram, what right. is facebook, uh, which was clearly not the case when we were growing up right. so I mean, the social media influence a second uh, point which is increasing and obviously uh working in favor of increasing the domestic tourism then I think the the OTAs so make my trip for example has become so huge in india and the way they're marketing their products you talk Mm. about uh package tours or you talk about these republic day sales etc so i mean people are becoming more aware of what otas are okay we can go for package tours they provide tip-to-toe service i mean from booking intercity cabs to, uh, booking like i mean obviously the hotel airlines everyone's doing but they actually go into uh, providing you last mile connectivity as well so we don't mm-hmm. technically need an uber also now make my yeah. trip is taking care of everything mm-hmm. so i mean the, the ease of it the ease of booking tickets the ease of just landing at the airport and just reaching your destination seamlessly mm-hmm. is becoming a thing now which which used to be really bad when, when I was growing. I mean, the for example, if you talk about the eastern part of the country, so if you talk about a state like Orisa, they were, the basic requirements weren't there. I mean, you wouldn't right. get a cab when you got out of the airport, but now just land there, you have Uber, you have all the apps installed on your phone, and it's right. just becoming easy. I mean, so yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, if the if the travel industry can solve seamless travel, we cover a lot about seamless travel or the connected trip. Or, you know, these are different terms that different companies use, and we cover it. If they can solve it in India, they're pretty much solved it for anywhere in the world. Uh, exactly from from that perspective. Um, so I guess what you're saying is the aspiration is being created, both as a result of the rise of sort of the consumer economy you know, we can go as far as back as cable TV coming into India back in the 90s, and then uh, internet coming in and creating this consumer, asp- an aspirational thing that um, first spread around buying things. This has happened in Western societies or other developed societies as well uh, previously. And now after, uh, you know, things becoming pretty common across um, a certain set of households in India, now, the the young particularly are when when Chinese travelers first started traveling um, globally in in some numbers, uh, group travel was the big thing, uh, which is, uh, as you said, they went out for shopping and shopping was uh, just for for Western goods, whether it was London, Dubai, um, closer to their home in, in uh, um, different parts of Southeast Asia and um, and the Chinese market obviously uh, has evolved just from the group travel, the cliches of a bus full of Chinese travelers is less, was becoming less true before the pandemic. We'll see what happens now. Uh, in terms of the mass of tourists that are going out of India today, um, are we seeing similar behaviors or are we seeing different behaviors? Any of you? Go ahead, Peter
2: yeah um i guess uh, you know one thing about indian tourists is you know uh, they might want to experience foreign food uh, you know whenever they travel they might want to experience the food for some time but at the end of the day they want indian food and you can see the number of restaurants in the smallest of places like you know i went i was at a place uh, in vietnam um it was called sapa so there also i saw one indian restaurant this was in 2020 mm-hmm. so uh, i asked them that do indians come here then they said that yeah they do get some indians but uh, you know they've realized that indians start looking for uh, indian food i mean like they might have uh, at some point in their know-
0: journey right
2: yes i think and sometimes it's as early as you know maybe the dinner maybe they've had lunch breakfast and lunch but they want their dinner so if you see the number of i was in chiang mai uh recently and the number of indian restaurants in china chiang mai you know um, in places where they have understood where they've already got you know bangkok you can see the number of indian restaurants and of right. course there are many countries that cater to indian weddings as well
0: right for, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute yes
2: yeah Hotels, uh, hotels in Macau and all—they have, you know, um, there are some hotels in Macau where they even give you the package includes a pandit as well uh, for <laughs> the wedding. Pandit is the priest that does the. The weddings, priest who uh, in yeah, Hindu, officiates in religion, the right. wedding, the Hindu religion. Yeah, so uh, I mean, if you see that, I mean, like there are countries that are going out of the way to cater to Indian tourists because they realize, and of course you know um earlier when i was uh, when i was uh, uh, you know when i used to be part of media familiarization trips you know every trip every trip uh, was accompanied by a visit to uh, an outlet village because they know that indians are big on shopping mm-hmm. so you know I, many i think destinations have understood what uh, indian customers want and they are trying to cater to that
0: Uh, Vircha on uh, on the food front. So this is, uh, again, a sort of an inside joke among Indians, uh, which is that, you know, when we travel, we always just eat Indian food. Obviously, that has changed because in India, especially in the last 10, 15, 20 years, the number of choices well, well, one, the restaurant has restaurant scene has boomed in different cities in different ways. Delivery has boomed that obviously is a giant market we can that's a whole different thing we can we can go down. So Indians palate has expanded. Uh, again, this is in keeping with uh, you know aspiration that comes in into uh, you know every obviously also the joke is that we Indianize every food. So you know Thai food will be very different in India or Chinese food will be very different in India than would be outside, but that's again a different topic. So uh, I guess as you get exposure um, to all these cultures is what makes you curious. One of the things that I've noticed, and let's dive a little bit into this uh, wedding and the honeymoon market. Because when my younger brother got married, he went to honeymoon. This was in 2018. He went to Malaysia, and which is a thing that when we were growing up, we would never have considered. But the max would have gone to like Shimla, Goa, etc. So I think the the so talk about this change in aspiration for the younger generation, starting with uh, obviously college as well, but also honeymoon, wedding, and honeymoon as well.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, as we know, during the pandemic as well, Maldives was like another India because Hmm. everyone was flying to India. And why was that? Because
0: because of the restrictions were less onerous than other countries?
1: Exactly. There was no, uh, I mean, the visa regulations were relatively, uh, I mean, uh, softer for Indians Hmm. and uh, tickets weren't an issue because all the domestic uh, uh, carriers like Indigo etc. flying to Maldives now. So connectivity wise, visa regulations wise, I mean everything was favorable. So, so yeah, I mean you're talking about honeymoon, but we like to add to it, it's the baby moon as well. So I mean people have actually started traveling for baby moons to international destinations. So which was a again, term that
0: didn't exist in India probably five years ago. Exactly. Seven years
1: ago. I mean. So yeah, it is true that uh, we do get influenced by the Western culture, right? So it was, it baby mooning and honeymooning used to be a thing there, but now it's becoming a thing here, mm-hmm. and given that everything's so accessible for Indians now, uh, it's just happening, right? So. So, I mean, yeah, that that, and also one very big point here is the Bollywood influence. So, when you're talking okay, yeah, let's,
0: let's talk Bollywood, about Bo- Bollywood and um, cricket, obviously, the, the it, mix of it both It just goes well.
1: hand in hand. Yeah, right. I mean, so there is so much influence of cricket and Bollywood in an average Indian's mind. So, when we see Deepika Padukone going to Europe for her honeymoon or whatever, I mean, it's just like, it's just aspirational an average Mm -hmm. indian of my age would be like okay let's go here so the the knowledge and the education with respect to tourism products tourism destinations is increasing so so yeah that's that's the angle i would take here
0: has has indian visa become better in terms of access sorry indian passport become um better in terms of access over the years obviously was very low in the ranking of all countries that accepted uh, without visa or even visa on arrival, has that um, has that moved up the ranks, if you will?
1: So I wouldn't have the exact data with respect to ranks, but yes, as far as my knowledge knowledge goes, uh, that's becoming easier. So I mean, we have been reading right that India is replacing China with respect to being a big source market, at least for the nearby countries. So we talk right. Singapore, we talk Vietnam, we talk Thailand. These are almost becoming visa-free countries for India. Hmm. So, with respect to that, visa regulations are becoming much, much, much simpler for Indians. Uh, for that matter, I mean, US is another story. So, let's not talk about the the US. Yeah, visa which is for fascinating Indian.
0: because before this whole and for those uh, people listening who don't have an uh, underst- uh, who, who who may not know the backlog in getting visas to US has is been a record high and it's comically high from India, particularly as high as like 1,000 plus days. So basically you give up and don't apply for a visa uh, to US is what today the situation is. And uh, But before that, before this backlog started pre-COVID, the, 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 the amount of the tourist and, and what industry calls VFR, which is visiting family and relatives or, or Indian students studying at universities here and their family and parents visiting here was rising. It's certainly not as much as it happens in UK and London, but uh, it was certainly rising. And so that has stopped. But, um, you know, for instance, L- London for, for London and UK for all the historical reasons, inc- including, you know, India and UK connection back in the days of colonial days, but also, um, as you said, Bollywood, et cetera, uh, continues to be a huge destination. UK continues to be a huge destination for for rich Indians, if you will. Um, Peden, if you want to go ahead on that.
2: Yeah. Um, just to add to Varsha, so according to the Henley passport index, which came out recently last week, India is now at 85th, India now enjoys an 85th rank, uh, last year it was around 87. Okay. Uh, whereas, uh, you know, there are about, I think we have access to about 59 countries visa free access. Right. Uh, having what said is-
0: that, yeah. yes. Go ahead, sorry. Go yes. ahead, Pete. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Uh, having said that, I mean, uh, yes, India, uh, there are increasingly a huge number of countries that, uh, you know, what Varsha pointed out about film tourism. Film tourism is big, huge. I mean, like, if you go to Switzerland, you will see that, you know, Switzerland had honored Yash, Yash Chopra. Yeah, yes chopra uh, because you know he managed to uh you know make switzerland so aspirational and yes and, chopra uh, is a
0: very it, famous director movie a very famous director uh, of uh, Bollywood movies
2: yes yes and uh you know he's managed to make uh switzerland so aspirational that every honeymoon couple it's in their bucket list you know and mm. uh, you know going there and there is a place uh, there where you can go and pose in the same way that sharuk khan and kajol had posed uh, for Dilwale Dulanya Le Jayenge, so, so which was one of the famous movies right popular movie in India yeah so uh, and you have to see also see the kind of subsidies that these countries provide uh, to uh, you know uh, Indian filmmakers and seeing that uh, you know uh, now Indian states are also providing that Indian states have come up with a separate film tourism policy uh, Interesting. you know because okay. they want to promote film tourism within the country as well
0: right so that becoming again these are um uh, the more media rich and i use media in a in a sort of a broader sense the more media rich indian daily life becomes the more aspirational the, the society becomes um even if yes cam-
2: even 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 the indian award movie award shows are now moving you know, like, I think Abu Dhabi is hosting the IFA this year. Okay. So you can see that, you know, that Canada at some point had hosted the TOIFA, which is the Times of India foreign awards. Right. So, yeah.
0: What has Dubai figured out about Indian traveler that others haven't yet caught on to? Because clearly Dubai has been very, very good at Attra- you know, the mass of tourists that come to Dubai, our um, Indians have for years come. Shopping was the start of it, and then, you know, entertainment, and they built uh, all these other entertainment options, theme parks or, or ski ski um, slopes, etc. So they figured out, which, you know, interestingly, for instance, Saudi, who is now opening up uh, to the world, hasn't yet opened it up for Indians yet, but where else are they going to get the mass of tourists from? Um, is sort of what my point was at our um, Global Forum East, which happened in Dubai in December. That was my point, is that you have to open it up to Indians for you to get the massive tour. So what has Dubai figured out that others haven't yet? Or what has London figured out, for instance, that that others haven't? Because these two happen to be the big giant cities that Indians um, first start traveling to when they get money.
2: I think, um, Rafat, Dubai and London have both figured out the two most important things that count for Indians, that's food and shopping. And that's yeah. that's you know that's really important for Indian travelers, and that is there in every travel agent's itinerary as well. Because uh, you know, I mean, Indians of course there might be. I, I'm not talking about uh, you know I'm not talking about generically, but Indians um, on an a- an average Indian would not be very much interested in museums and uh, you know visiting museums or doing other uh, touristy things they might want to go to madame tussauds but they would not be so comfortable going to uh, you know windermere to uh, see wordsworths cottage
0: right so it's so, uh, we're still at the early stage of evolution of of, uh, of what a tourist does when they uh, when they go out into the world so we're still yes, that. and
2: and I think a small percentage of uh, Indians are now uh, discovering adventure travel and adventure tourism, and that also includes you know jumping off a plane or you know doing uh whatever Dubai Dubai has done a lot of you know uh, stunts adventure yeah, tourism stunts, activities right. activities that they are doing that, like the London they've got something like the London Eye they've got the Eye in Dubai so and indians want to do that i mean if it's something that's less risky
0: They're less risky go so, ahead. you you a yeah,
2: point
1: yeah just to add when we talk about uk and indians so we are missing the one like the major point here which is the indian students so back in 2012 yeah. when i was studying in the uk 40% of my class was indian so mm.
0: I mean, and this is 2012 just, so this is like yeah
1: this is 10. not too far back in the uh, back in the past so I mean, this is 2012 you're talking about, and it's just increasing. Indian yeah. students give them, like I mean, uh, if you talk, look, look at the college enrollments, 40 to 50 percent of the students are Indian studying in the UK. So that also gives a big, big push to tourism between the two countries. Good
0: point. And, so this happened with Australia as well, where uh, in the 90s, when Indian, Indian students first started going to Australia, Yes. Uh, Indians started getting exposed to Australia. there were obviously a bunch of bunch of ups and downs that happened between India and Australia, and again, not the venue to go into it. but um, but Australia, in terms of India's mind, first came into being with cricket because cricket Australian team became um, pop you know became very good uh, in cricket. and then we used to see their grounds and see the see the scenery um, there. And then when students started going, then the parents started going and then families started yes. going. obviously not the the mass that would come to to dubai because it's still a more expensive and more long-haul destination but certainly that came into the map of of through the student population you're saying the same has happened um in probably much bigger way in uk
1: yes and then also it leads to that exposure part of it so whoever goes to uk does end up traveling to europe so i mean that's how the cycle starts you just experience and that just I mean, for example, me, before I went to the UK, I didn't even know what all experience I am in for. So when you go, you, you just tend to get exposed to so many new experiences that, okay, you come back and educate your parents as well, and then they are encouraged to go and uh, do an international trip. So I mean, that's just how it works. And uh, when you talk about Dubai, I think I have just two points there. One is that they have made it so India-friendly with respect to basic things like food, Mm. I mean, you have every Indian ingredient food ingredient available in dubai, right now.
0: regional yeah uh, every every, every region region. Is food so, well, right.
1: yeah i mean yeah i have I know a lot of people who are based there now, so they have access to everything, so that's one major driver. food is very important for Indian people, so second is um the investment uh like back in the day, Dubai was extremely close to how the foreign capital was flowing uh in their particular country so but now if they have made it easy for indians to invest in real estate for that matter so people can actually have a house there now which was not possible back in the day so that it right. just
0: opened up recently correct
1: that also makes i mean obviously if i have family staying in dubai i will make maybe three trips in a year so right. things like that also give an impetus here well. so yeah
0: yeah, one of the things i've seen i think this is a point you were making version and Peter, you were making too is the multi-country nature of the first-time travelers so or or the or the travelers that are new to traveling outside the country if they go to europe uh, they're going to multiple countries because this is their let's say if their first international trip and they have disposable money to go and they want to hit switzerland they want to hit austria they want to hit this they want to hit that and so what I've seen, for instance, in my family, my cousins who for the first time went outside of India, when they went to Europe, they really did do multi-country trips. And I guess this is typical behavior for first or early travelers, because they want to do the bucket list check off. I did the Leaning Tower pizza of uh, Pizza, and, and this, 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 I did all of that. And so I think that's an interesting development that as destinations are looking to attract Indian travelers, they have to make it easy for then Indian travelers to move across borders. Um, if you're talking about, you know, parts of Middle East or parts of Europe or parts of uh, even parts of US um, or North North America, obviously, you know, you look at other parts of the, of the world as well. So I think that's been an interesting evolution. Um, has, um, you know, when we talk about the Western travelers here, a more mature market. We're talking experiential travel. This is the age of experiential travel. Has that, uh, again, it's a broad question. Has that come in the domestic, like for instance, I'm seeing a lot of tourism rise in, for instance, Ladakh. a lot of people do, a lot of young men and maybe women, and you can correct me, I see on my friends' network or social media about doing um, motorcycle trips. And you could you could argue that's a more experiential form of travel. Has that come into India domestically, and is that now going out of India as well?
2: Uh, yes, Rafat. Uh, you mentioned since you mentioned Ladakh. Let me also uh, remind that you know Ladakh became popular as a destination after the movie Three Idiots. Oh, this is uh, an Indian- you
0: know became very popular yeah the okay. indian
2: movie which was which was an adaptation of a book and it became increasingly popular that was about 10,
0: as... 10 years ago maybe 10 years ago yeah
2: almost 10 years ago yeah. yes yeah. yes yes so um yes of course and you know it's very closely linked in india everything is very closely linked to films because you know if you see a destination in a movie then you would want to go and experience that destination so if they show you doing something um there was this movie uh, called rockstar that came in around 2011 and uh, you know there they showed the protagonist going to nizamuddin and singing songs and after that you know there was there was a flurry of people coming into nizamuddin to listen uh, to of course nizamuddin had been doing it for a really long time yeah these are but devotional songs these
0: are sufi yeah devotional songs that are part of this mosque complex has been there for um, hundreds of years at this point.
2: Yes. So then people started flooding those play- the mosque for, to listen to those songs. So in India, if people see something in a film or a TV series, then people want to experience that. Right. I come from a place uh, called Darjeeling, which, is, which was popular as a, a tourist destination because there were a lot of Bollywood movies shot there. But there's this movie that came around uh, called Mm Barfi. So after Barfi, this was around 2012-2013, after Barfi, you know, there is a very famous restaurant in Darjeeling called Mm Coventers. So in Barfi, they show the actor and the actress at the Coventers restaurant. After that time, you know, there's a huge queue uh, outside Coventers, almost every time there is tourist season because people right. want to go and have breakfast there and you know there are many magazines that have featured coventers as a popular breakfast joint so that's how people that's where people draw their inspiration from and of course yeah like i said movies and that's right. how they do the experiential tours
0: right um i think i want to wrap up a little bit but um in terms so what i'm hearing is um mass media in this case movies and and you could argue cricket because cricket is 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 distributed through mass media today. Um, it still uh, have a, has a huge role in influencing where Indian travelers go, unlike US where mass media is becoming less and less relevant such that um, uh, such that, for instance, Tiktok and others have become more, uh, you know, the influencers on YouTube or Tiktok, etc, have become more uh, of influencers for a certain set of of people, younger people, if you will, um, has that come into India either domestically or internationally? Where influencers, either local influencers or um, international influencers, that that that, for instance, the the Indian youth follow TikTok was huge in India. Unfortunately, it's it's banned for 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 many political reasons. But local um, YouTube Shorts has become giant in India as a result of it, and there there's some local players too uh, that have emerged. But um, talk about the uh, the role of influencers today, um, outside of the mass media.
1: So, yeah, I mean, uh, social media influencers are becoming celebrities in India now, so they are becoming as big as Shah Rukh Khan. So, I mean, Shah Rukh Khan is, a, a, a it's the. Is popular, uh, yeah.
0: he's only the world's most popular, uh, he's only the world's most popular actor. If you tell it to people yeah. in the West, they, they don't understand it. <laughs> it? He's only the world's yeah. most popular person.
1: Yeah, maybe not his level, but yeah, what I mean to say is they are becoming celebrities now. So you would literally see people, the Gen Z generation and the millennials actually knowing who exactly these influencers are. There are being there. There are award shows being hosted for these influencers. So, I mean, yes, India is catching up to that. And for that matter, there are travel shows which have picked up. Uh, I was just checking that Make My Trip has a separate section called activities which gives you options to explore, camping, trekking, walking tours, which was again, like not a thing which Indians used to do, but now it's becoming a a norm. So, so yeah, I mean, with respect to social media influencers to address your question. Yes. uh, I mean, on my Instagram account, I would say 30% of them, like people who I follow are social media influencers. So,
0: so yeah. What are the? Uh, let me actually close with this. What are the international brands, travel brands that we write about as Skift, that are serious about India today? Obviously, you would assume hospitality has the largest number of international players that are expanding into India. Um, and then once they get exposed to the brand in India, the the chances are they will use the same brand when they travel abroad uh, to other countries as well. Uh, from your perspective, Peden, if you want to give a quick overview, since you cover a lot of these international brands.
2: Yes, uh, Rafat, I see increasingly Booking, Agoda coming in. Of course, Indian market is currently dominated by the domestic players like Make My Trip, Ease My Trip, Yatra, Clear Trip. These are the online travel
0: agencies, correct.
2: Yes, yes. But I also see increasingly Booking.com and Agoda trying to come into the Indian market. And they are engaging more with the Indian travel trade as well and with the consumers. So I see that, you know, very, I mean, maybe they will not compete with the Make My Trip right now. But yes, if, uh, and in India, you know, customer loyalties are based on how cheap they get. It's a very price sensitive, sensitive market. So uh, depending on how they do it, like Ease My Trip uh, started this, you know, it came from nowhere in 2011 and it started a no convenience fee model. Right. And right now, it's the they claim to be the second largest OTA in India, online travel agency in India.
0: Right, right. And uh, in terms of the of the hotel players or airline players, uh, global things that we cover, you know, who do you think is? I guess Accor is there, Marriott is there, all the Accor, big... Accor
2: Marriott, yeah, IHG, Accor Marriott, Hilton, they're all there. Hilton not so big, but yes, Accor and Marriott are really big uh, in, and even Radisson. They are Madison, really big right. in India, yeah. Right, right. And of course, internationally, yes, uh, the Middle Eastern carriers would be great because of the great connectivity that they provide to every other uh, country in the world. Uh, but even, yeah, even now, from
0: from the smaller cities outside of the of Mumbai and and Delhi, they they so, go to Lucknow so, or so. all these other tier two cities. Yeah.
2: Yes. Uh, And but now with uh, the whole Air India consolidation and the kind of routes that Air India has, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, it's going to change. And uh, because Air India provides direct connectivity, which is very important for uh, many people, right, because the Middle Eastern carriers are still taking you through via something.
0: Right, which is what Varsha was saying. So, Varsha, you want to do full circle and, and talk about some of the international investment in India and then we'll end it there.
1: Yes. So, with respect to airlines, I would obviously want to mention that this entire conglomerate, which is going to be made in India, which is Air India Vistara, as I mentioned, Air Asia and Air India Express, there are talks that Singapore Airlines will be uh, holding a 25% to 30% stake in it. So, right. I mean, that's a huge thing. We get the SQ quality in the biggest con- uh, airline conglomerate. Well, in it, India.
0: it can only go up from where wherever it is now. So, that's exactly,
1: exactly. So I mean, just having that Singapore Airlines touch is good enough, which we already saw how Vistara just groomed under the right. under the Singapore Airlines influence. So I mean, that is the biggest example which comes to mind when we're talking about international brands investing in India in the travel supply uh, industry. So yeah, I mean, because that's that problem. and jet is coming back, which again has a big international influence. So uh yeah that's going to make a lot of difference because it has the, the landing and parking slots it has around the world is at par with what air india has so again connectivity will be boosted undoubtedly
0: so yeah okay well thank you this has been a a, a, a hugely fascinating discussion and where it connects with skift is that we are um uh, not only do we now have uh three four employees today in india but we we are we're hiring more and um uh, and we, in terms of covering the indian travel market both domestic as well as outbound uh is hugely important for us uh, as a company we are um looking to start what we're looking we're going to start um, a d- daily newsletter we'll start with a weekly but m- move up to daily newsletter uh, and coverage of the indian travel uh, ecosystem, So that for us is important and we're very serious about bringing a conference. I guess this is breaking news, but I'm putting it at the end of the podcast. So uh, at some point we'll announce it uh, on Skift when we have more details, but we're very serious about bringing uh, a Skift conference to India in 2024. So we're still early in terms of uh, planning for that. So um, Stay tuned to Skift, and uh, whatever the importance of Indian travelers are globally as well as domestically, Skift will, will be the first place you will read it uh, in depth coverage on both on the editorial side as well as on the research side, as well as from, through conferences and events and mega trends, et cetera. So thank you again. Thank you, Varsha, uh, Thank you, Peden. And uh, we'll hopefully uh, talk about this again. Thank
1: Thanks, Rafat. Thank you.
0: This has been the Skift Podcast. Thank you for listening.